Thanks for tuning in to the Met Church Podcast. Here at the Met, we are all about connecting people to God and one another. If you have any questions or want more information about what's going on here at the church, then head to our website at metchurch.com. We would love to stay connected with you throughout the week through social media, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everyone. I just want to thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you. I want to thank all of you for praying for our family once again this week as our little Evie went to heaven. And especially uh, thank you for the prayers for uh, Whitney and Billy, and uh, they certainly can feel them. And we are so uh, grateful to each of you for remembering us uh, in your prayer. Also, I'm very thankful for my buddy Dan who came in and covered me last weekend uh, from Grand Junction, Colorado. I know you guys enjoyed him. He and I were talking about it. He goes, man, every time I come in, something sad has happened in your church. He said, would you bring me in sometime <laughs> in a better season? And he said, I'm gonna walk in and they're gonna go, oh my gosh, what's happened now, right? <laughs> good night, Dan's here, it can't be good. But I appreciate him coming in and, and covering us because we're talking about a new normal, a new normal, trying to adjust and adapt to the reality of our situation. And so all of us, to some extent or another, have to do that. And we resist it because all of us like routines. I like routines. <laughs> routines are certain, right? You don't have to wonder or worry about a routine. It just is what it is. And you know that it is. How many of you probably get up every morning the same time, pretty much? You could set an alarm or not. You're going to wake up. Your body clock's adjusted. You just get up at that time every day. You have your certain getting ready routine. There's things you do first and second and third. It's part of your routine. There's things you eat every morning, right? There's a certain way you drive, going to work or school. You just take that path every day. It's just what you do. It's a routine. Routines are comfortable. They're, they're certain. We have routines spiritually, the ways we read our Bible, the ways we pray, how frequent we attend church. They are, they're just routines. And again, we like them because routines are certain. We don't have to doubt or worry. We got our routine. We have our, our normal. But as you all know that life throws us curves from time to time and we find in the midst of our routine, we find something happens to take us out of that, to force us to adjust and to adapt to a new reality and we have to find a new normal. Now sometimes those are good experiences in life. Some of you have a new relationship and uh, some of you are, are going through a new season of life and so you've adjusted and adapted to a new normal. That's a good thing, a good experience. Some of you have a new job. Some of you are making more money. I've never had anybody call, corner me out in the lobby and say, Bill, pray with me, I'm making more money. I just need to come in and, pray and counsel with you about it. I don't know what I'm gonna do with that. I've never had anybody say, man, things are going great in my life. Please pray for me right now. I don't know what I'm gonna do with that, right? Here, here's the point. The point is we know how to adjust and adapt to good things when they happen. I don't need a lot of help when good things are going on in my life to adjust and adapt. I can make a new normal over a good situation a lot easier than a bad one. When the bad situations hit our life and those bitter times we experience and the hard times come, that's when, that's when we need some help finding out how to adjust and adapt to the new normal. In fact, when you study the Bible, you find the Bible will teach principles and it will teach precepts. Now the difference is this, a precept is like speed limit 55, right? It's certain, there's no ambiguity, there's no nuance, 
It is what it is, speed limit 55. That's a precept. And in the Bible, there are precepts that you learn. They just are what they are, and there's no question about them. But then there are principles. If a precept is drive 55, a principle is drive friendly. <laughs> Whatever that is, drive friendly. Your friendly driving might be different than my friendly driving, but there's no way to do drive friendly in a bad way. It's a principle, right? It's a generality. And so you find a way to apply it in your life in the way that you can. Well, the message this morning, I'm taking a text and from the text, I'm gonna, make, I'm, I'm gonna use a principle. I'm gonna teach a principle. It's a very familiar story to everyone. It's the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. What a great story. If you have a Bible, look with me in John chapter 11, just a few verses there, and I wanna lift some principles for you that will help us find a new normal. Jesus said to the sister of Lazarus when he had died, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And then he said, do you believe this? Down in verse 43. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus, who had died, came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to those family and friends there, loose him and let him go. Now, the story is about Lazarus. Lazarus who was in a dead place, Lazarus who was in a depressing place, Lazarus who was in a dark place. But one day Lazarus heard the voice of God. And when he heard the voice of God, it empowered him and enabled him to walk out of a sad place, to walk out of a dark place, to walk out of a dead place and discover a brand new life. And the principle I wanna to talk to you about this morning is a principle of a new life. Uh, a new beginning, a new you, if you will, of finding a way in the difficulties, in the heartaches, in the, sh in, the, in, the, in the stresses of life, finding a way to discover the new normal. And the first thing I don't want you to miss, the first thing I want you to see is it involves getting up. Get up. The first thing Lazarus had to do, he had to get up. And I wanna tell you this morning, that's one of the hardest things to do when you've been knocked off your feet. There's a period of time that you go through when you have been traumatized emotionally and spiritually when you're in ICU. And I know a lot more about ICU today than I, I wish I did. But can I tell you that when you're in ICU, it's a necessary place to be. I mean, there are times when you are down and you are there for a reason and the most important thing you need when you're in that, in that situation is you need to rest. You need some solitude. Have you noticed in ICU, they limit the number of visitors. Sometimes they won't let anybody come see you. And they've learned that when this patient is in this dark place, when this patient is in this difficult place, that one of the, one of the most significant things to help the patient recover is that they get rest, that they have some solitude. And can I tell you this morning, when your heart has been broken and your soul has been crushed, one of the things you really need is you, you need some rest. Don't just try to get up and get going and assume you know, uh, uh, this new normal is gonna happen overnight. Let me tell you, it won't happen overnight. It's not gonna happen overnight. It's gonna take you time. 
You've been in a trauma. You've been in an emotional trauma. Some of you have been in a spiritual trauma. And it's not unlike a physical trauma where when you're in that place, you need to be resting and you need to be having solitude. I mean, understand this. Lazarus was in a tomb because he needed to be there. It's where you go when you're in his condition. And one day, there was a period of time that ended, and one day Jesus stood outside the tomb and was emotional as well. In fact, the shortest verse in the Bible is there. Jesus wept. And man, when your friends go through something, the family member goes through something, when you go through something, there's nothing wrong with weeping. I told you in the last series that when Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled, he didn't say, let not your hearts grieve. And Jesus stood outside the tomb of Lazarus and all of a sudden Jesus speaks life into Lazarus. He says to Lazarus, Lazarus, you can come forth. You can get out of this situation. Lazarus, you can, you can get up. Let me tell you something. He could not do that with his own power. I submit to you this morning, it was the resurrection power of Jesus that enabled Lazarus to get out of a dead place, a dark place, a distressing place. It was the resurrection power of Jesus. What's interesting about that is in Ephesians 1 verse 19, the Bible says when you are a Christ follower, when you've invited Jesus Christ into your life, one of the incredible things that happen is you have the Holy Spirit living within you and you and I this morning at this moment have resurrection power. Now that's significant when you consider that there's going to be times and experiences of life when you're going to be devastated, your heart is going to be crushed, your soul is going to be broken, and you're going to find yourself where Lazarus was in a dark place, in a depressing place, if you will, in a dead place, and you will not be able to get out of there without that power. So Jesus calls for him, Lazarus, it's time. The Bible speaks of life coming at us in seasons, right? Ecclesiastes 3, to everything there is a, a season, a time to every purpose under heaven. Now seasons, the thing about seasons is they change. Thank God we're getting a change of season here. Aren't you ready for that? Good Lord, seasons change. You're gonna go through seasons. There's gonna be seasons when they're heavy and seasons when they're hard. And then you're gonna go through seasons of elation and seasons of incredible happiness. But life is seasonal. Seasons come and seasons go. But when you're in a cycle, they repeat themselves. Seasons will change and a cycle, you have to change. A season is something I don't have any power or any control over, but a cycle is something I do have power and I do have control over. So I have to ask myself when I'm going to a dark place, a dead place, a depressing place, I have resurrection power, why am I here? Am I still here because it is a season and eventually it will end and eventually I'll emerge or is it a cycle? Where God is saying it's time. You've been down long enough. It's time to get back on your feet and I'll give you the power to do it. You're strong enough to do it. See the nurses as they walk the patients out of ICU and they can walk the corridor because they're getting stronger and they're saying to them, it, it's time, you can do this. We'll help you, but you can, you can do this. And so you have to ask yourself this morning before you can get up, am I in a season or am I in some sort of a, a cycle. 
Second thing I want you to see is not only did he get up, but he got out. <laughs> he got out. Lazarus, Jesus said, come forth. And the Bible said he came out. Now he was bound with grave clothes. So he kind of came out, you know, shuffling along, I would imagine. But he came out. And can I tell you something? Lazarus had a choice in that matter. And you and I do too. Can you imagine Jesus calling Lazarus saying, Lazarus, come out. And he would have said, I'm good. I almost stay. It's cool in here. A little dark, but I'm good. I've gotten used to it. It's kind of nice. I like the acoustics. I mean, he could have said that, right? Jesus says, I have resurrection power. Get up. He got up. But the next thing he did is he got out. But I don't want you to miss this. Not only did it involve his will and not only did it involve his decision, but he had to have help. Jesus said, loose him and let him go. He could not get the clothes off of him without help. What's my point? My point is once you've gotten up, if you're gonna get out again, you need some help. And God will put people in your life to help you. Let them. Now be careful with this because sometimes we presume upon people and sometimes we, we think, we, you know, we try to give people what we think we would need if we were in their position. So you have to be kind of sensitive to that. And you have to hear the Lord on this. And of course, Jesus spoke to them and said, loose him and let him go. So they, they had confirmation from God that this was what they were supposed to do. But I want to tell you this morning, you're going to need some people in your world if you're going to successfully, effectively get out of that dark place and find a new life. Because man, it wasn't just a few hours ago when you needed solitude. It wasn't just a few hours ago when the, the no visitor sign was on the door of your heart. And it was there for good reason. You needed rest, you needed solitude. But there comes a time when Romans 14 says, none of us lives to ourselves alone and none of us die to ourselves alone. When you're going to need to interact and connect with somebody, God made us for relationship. There's a tendency when you're hurt and crushed and broken to isolate and insulate. When you've been betrayed or you've gone through some devastation, you wanna isolate and insulate. And all of a sudden you find yourself resisting uh, connection and resisting fellowship and resisting relationship. And you have around you healthy people who are trying to assist you. And I'm just saying, you get to a point where you just have to let them. You have to let them. Let me ask you this morning, do you have replenishing friends in your life? Do you have people, you won't have many, but do you have people in your life that pour into you, that make you a better you? You say, how do I know? Well, do you have people in your world that when you spend time with them, time just seems to fly? And you say, wow, we're, one of us needs to turn the light off and go home, you know? <laughs> That'd be you, this is my house, right? <laughs> I mean, you enjoy them and you love them, but all of a sudden, man, you're way into the night. You've just spent so much time because you're pouring into others. Because you're gonna have draining relationships. You will. And that's part of what we do as Christians. You pour into people. But listen, as you pour into people, if somebody's not pouring into you, it's not long until you're running on empty. So while you pour into others, you need someone pouring into your life. That will be a small circle. 
But I'm just saying, if you're going to get out and effectively stay out, you're gonna to have to have some people that will help you get that off of you and help you be a better you. Replenishing. Third thought, not only do you get up and not only do you get out, but you gotta get going. You gotta get going. You know what happened to Lazarus when you go to the very next chapter, chapter 12? He got to travel with Jesus. <laughs> cool deal. He got to hang out with Jesus. But you know what the Bible says in John uh, chapter 12, that very next chapter, get this. Crowds follow Jesus everywhere he went. People were, were just attracted to him. But now there's a new dynamic with the ministry of Jesus after the resurrection of Lazarus. The Bible says, listen, they came not for Jesus only, they came to see Lazarus. What's the principle? The principle is folks, when you get up and you get out and you get going, people can see the resurrected power of Jesus at work in your life. The result of you starting over and the result of you getting going again and the result of you walking with Jesus is somebody gonna see, somebody's gonna see that. Somebody's gonna connect with that. Somebody will be drawn to Jesus because of how you've gone through what you're going through. Yesterday, I did a memorial service for a longtime member of our church and a personal friend of mine for many years, Keith Maddox. Keith and his wife Susan owned the best hat store in the stockyards across from Billy Bob's for most of you. <laughs> uh, he also owned American Hat Company, very successful, wonderful man very respected in the Western industry and rodeo and all, that, all of that world. And Keith passed away and I was asked to do his memorial service. So the Cowtown Coliseum was filled with people. Reg Stegall saying, pretty cool. I mean, the who's who of the Western world was there. And so when it came time for me to bring the message, I brought a simple message. I talked about Keith's faith in Jesus. I talked about the hope of heaven and I talked about Jesus and how everybody in that Coliseum could know him. And when that memorial service ended and I walked off and I was preparing to leave, slipping out, I had two of his friends come to me and say, Bill, in your message, I gave my heart to Jesus. I want you to know that. As I was walking out, I had a chance to meet one of my heroes, Larry Mahan, cool dude. I was walking along talking to him and a man came up to me with tears streaming down his cheeks. He said, Bill, 18 years old, I gave my heart to Jesus. But he said, I walked away from God, got out of church. I just wanted to encourage you and tell you, this morning, I rededicated my life to the Lord. I'm gonna get my family back in church. But let me tell you what was so meaningful about that. I got in my truck and every day since Cindy And she's gone to heaven. Every day I pray for purpose. Help me find purpose. In what you've done, what you're doing. And just I think for me, as I sat there in the truck getting ready to leave, I saw some purpose. And hearing those guys talk to me, 
I humbled my heart. I just said, God, thank you that you've given me the strength to get up, to get out, and get going. So I want to tell you this morning, as I close, I don't know where you are in this. I bounce around. I'll head back in the tomb every now and then. <laughs> Lazarus knew where it was. You kidding me? He knew where that tomb was. I do that every now and then. I'll head back in the tomb. I'll have a very bad day. House is quiet. A lot of good memories, though. But I'll go back in there. And all of a sudden, it's like the Holy Spirit says, son, you need to get up. I'm not done with you yet. You got to get out. You got to get going. So I don't know where you are in this. I'm not trying to pressure you or push you. When you're ready, there's a power available for you that can help you get up and help you get out help you get going. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for the incredible power of your Holy Spirit that helps us get through these times. I pray for my friends who may never receive you as Savior. Help them to swallow their pride and humble their heart. Right where they are, just say, Lord Jesus, I can't do this without you. Come into my heart, forgive my sin. For others, Lord, that just need someone to encourage them before they go home, I pray they'll come and find their place here at the front. Let somebody spend a few minutes just to love on them and pray over them. And Father, remind us each day we have a purpose. And as long as you give us purpose, we'll have time. So help us to truly get up and get out and get going. God, we love you today. Our joy is in you. Our hope is in heaven. And we give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in today with us. If you have any questions or prayer requests, please contact us so that we can follow up with you this week by visiting metchurch.com. We look forward to seeing you again next week.